0: Your big why, I always say, the fun times when you actually make money or when everything's going fine, your big why is not that big of a deal. But when you have a fire at your property or when a tenant's calling you in the middle of the night and there's a toilet backed up or something, you just got to know why you're doing it.
1: Best Ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, we were starting out. Ashcroft was starting out. We had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, He's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there, and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then... He partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience, and the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got and, assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors – Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know the other main components of the deal, they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. And his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Carlos Gutierrez. How you doing, Carlos? Good, good.
0: How are you guys doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great and welcome and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Carlos. He has been a realtor since 2010. He flipped about 20 properties from 2011 to 2017, purchased 20 units, raising 200000 to close, rehabbed, and paid the investors back in 14 months, owns another 41 units based in Charleston, South Carolina. So with that being said, Carlos, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
0: Yeah. How's everybody doing? As Joe and I were speaking earlier, we are safe here in Charleston. The hurricane, it wasn't that bad. We got a a little bit of rain and some wind. A little bit of my background, um, I've started flipping houses in about 2010, 2011. Flipped about probably over 15 to 20. When I first started, I got my real estate license became a realtor. And at the same time that I was flipping houses, I was also doing the brokerage side of the deal. So I was buying and selling houses with buyers and sellers. Mm -hmm. I did that from 2011. I still do it now. I don't concentrate as much on it. Why not? Just because it's like multifamily, it's gotten harder to find good solid deals. I've always been of the motto that I'd rather keep my money than lose money. (laughs) Ditto. So if I get a solid deal, Then I'll go after it, but they're just hard to find, especially locally here in Charleston. We've gotten a lot of investors from not only local investors, just national investors just buying stuff up left and right. So they're essentially buying for yield. So they're kind of overpaying, in my opinion, for properties that I was buying for 20 30% less two or three years ago.
1: And you purchased 20 units raising $200,000 to close. Can you talk about that?
0: That's a little bit of a cool story. My wife and I, we moved from the D.C. area, from Virginia, D.C. area, down to Charleston. Mm -hmm. She's from Virginia. I'm from Florida. I didn't want to be in Virginia. She didn't want to be in Florida, so I said, pick somewhere in the middle. (laughs) So we ended up in Somerville, South Carolina, a submarket of Charleston. And we come visit a couple of times to look at houses and see where we wanted to be. One day we were down here looking at new construction, and I have a five and a three-year-old. My wife wanted to stop and get some food, and we looked at our phones. We're like, oh, let's go to a subway. When we actually got to the subway, there was actually no subway there. <laughs> the subway had closed down, and it became an office building. But while I was in the parking lot, I had looked across the street. There was an eightplex that was empty, and it was a pretty solid-looking building. It was all brick, a little bit of siding, but... Other than it being empty, it looked pretty decent. I'm like, I wonder why that thing's empty. No worries. I wrote the address down on my phone, and about a year later, we moved down to Somerville, Charleston, and I said, you know what? I'm going to write this guy a letter. Wrote the guy a letter and said, I'd like to buy your apartment if you're interested. He called me back, and he said, not only do I own eight, I actually own 20 on that street. Mm. Are you interested in buying all 20? And I said, sure, if we can come to an understanding. Back and forth, he's an older gentleman, so everything was done over the mail. (laughs) Mail? Yeah, like literally I talked to him on the phone and I said, this is how much I can give you. Then he's like, this is how much I want. We're kind of back and forth. We finally agreed on a $750,000 price. He's like, all right, send me the contract. And I was like, yeah, what's your email? He goes, I don't have an email. (laughs) <laughs> mail it to me. I'll have my lawyer look at it. And if it's good, I'll fill it out and send it back to you. So about two weeks passed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you at least overnight it?
0: I did. Okay. I overnighted I- it where he would have to sign for
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: We're used to technology. I send you a contract today and <laughs> it's got to yeah. be started within half an hour. So it took about a month before we finally got all the paperwork.
1: How does it work when... He has markups to a printed out contract. How are those updates communicated?
0: What I did finally was because he was an older gentleman and I don't know if he's never dealt in real estate or just happened to have this property, but I wanted to make sure that everything was okay. So I said, why don't I just have my lawyer contact your lawyer and that way we can kind of have no miscommunication because I would call him and be like, hey, his name was Skippy by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I could write a book on this whole deal, literally. And I said, finally, back and forth, that lawyers kind of agreed and put a, an actual contract together. But it was still a, like a residential contract. It wasn't like a LOI type of thing.
1: Okay. So $750,000 purchase price, all 20 units. What was the reason why you did not contact him when you first saw the property? I know you weren't living there, but... Yeah, I wasn't
0: living here at the time, and I knew that it was going to be a heavy construction type of a deal, so I didn't want to buy it and be in D.C. and have to fly back and forth. Okay. And at that time, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Okay. But you know about that. I think you said your wife is pregnant.
1: Yeah, she's doing a a couple... Well, by the time this airs, hopefully... We have a, a baby you girl. Have a
0: child, yeah. right. So you'll understand that. <laughs> All that time that you had in the world when you start having kids, you're like, I had so much time before. I, it, I have <laughs> no time right now. So that's the reason why I waited.
1: Okay. So you got the contract agreed upon. High level, besides the purchase price, what were some of the terms?
0: It was basic terms. I gave him a $10,000 earnest money deposit. I put 90 days to close. I did it on no contingencies because I had already kind of walked around the buildings. I had looked through the windows. I knew I I, I was going to do heavy construction. So other than having like a appraisal contingency or things like that, there was no other contingencies in the deal.
1: Okay. Was your earnest money non-refundable day one?
0: No. The lawyers agreed that it would be non-refundable. I think it was 30 or 45 days. Okay. Kind of after we got appraisal and and all that stuff. Okay. And I wanted to put that in the paperwork because I knew it was going to be one of those things where it's too small for the big banks and too big for the local banks. It kind of fell in between. So I had to get a local credit union that wanted to kind of see that area move forward. So they put that, I mean, I had 30% occupancy, 40% occupancy. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things that like a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac type of thing gotcha. or, or a local Bank of America would be like, no, this is right, not going to happen. So
1: I got a Heritage Trust
0: Credit Union, which is a local person. He got me a pretty decent loan. It was amortized over 20 years, 20% down instead of 25% down. or 5% interest rate, which was a little bit higher at that time, but still it was decent again for the occupancy.
1: What was the loan term? Five years.
0: Five years. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then what about your construction?
0: So construction was, I estimated about a hundred thousand because it was going to be about $10,000 a unit for the building that was empty. And then about another 20 to 30,000 in the other units that needed to be either turned or put on a roof on another building. It was a total of four buildings and two out of the four buildings got new roofs.
1: How'd you estimate that?
0: I had experience with single family flips and I kind of literally just went into an apartment and said, well, I need from A to Z. I need plumbing, electrical, roof, flooring, all that stuff. And I just put a budget together. From my experience in single family, and I also had experience with apartments because I had a full time job as a apartment manager, maintenance guy.
1: Okay. Did you plan on doing that work yourself?
0: No. Since I first started, I said I'm I'm never going to be one of those guys that buys a house and and does everything and takes them six months to flip. The name of the game, in my opinion, is being fast. Mm-hmm. So, other than maybe like demoing a house or pressure washing something outside just to keep me a little bit busy. Other than that, I never did heavy construction.
1: Okay. In the loan that you got, did that $100,000, was that included in your loan? Uh, No. Okay.
0: They they treated it as a I wouldn't call it a performing asset, but they knew that I was going to get to that level. So they just treated it as...
1: Stabilized. As stabilized, yeah.
0: 70, 80% stabilization.
1: Even though it was 40% and you were probably kicking those 40% out, I imagine.
0: Correct, yeah. It was a huge uh, obstacle because, like I said, nobody really wanted to touch it type of a thing. They couldn't see past numbers. I had to have been somebody that was local that knew that area and, and knew that that area was starting to turn around.
1: How long ago was this?
0: 2016.
1: Okay, great. About two years ago. Perfect. So what have been the major milestones that you've accomplished from then to now?
0: In that uh, particular deal? deal With that that
1: particular deal. deal?
0: When I did the ARV on that deal, I thought it was going to be around a million, million fifty. So I knew I didn't have that much spread but i knew it could be a nice performing asset once it gets stabilized and we estimated the rents once it was rehabbed about 750 to 775 with so much demand in the area for rentals and so many people moving down to charleston we were able to rent all those at 850 ooh and i'm talking about my phone was ringing off the hook mm. <laughs> yeah and i could probably push it higher i just thought that at that level i didn't need to push it anymore the biggest milestone when we actually finished the rehab, I was able to refinance it at a valuation of 1.2 million. Was able to get a new loan, longer amortization, close to the same interest rate, like 4.84. Amortize over 25 years, a 10 year call. I was able to pay the first loan off plus the investors, plus give me back my initial investment in the deal.
1: When you paid off your investors, did you buy them out or are they still owners in the deal with you? No, I bought them out.
0: So we came into this deal, gave them promissory notes. So I had a partner at 40% equity and he brought all the money from investors. Mm -hmm. So we gave them 10% return on their money Mm -hmm. and I gave him a 40% equity and I was able to pay everybody back, including him, his, his equity. So I'm the sole owner now of the 20 units.
1: Wow. If you hadn't got a favorable appraisal of 1.2, let's say you execute the business plan, but market just went south. What's your plan for having those investors at that 10% promissory
0: note? So even at a million dollar ARV, I knew I was able to pay at least the investors off. I was planning to keep the partner with his equity in and my initial investment. So I I knew that it was going to be a longer term play. But if this time when I refinanced it, I knew at least I could pay at least the two or three investors back.
1: And how did you know that?
0: Just by doing the math on the ARV and, and working backwards.
1: Okay.
0: I factored that into the business plan and into the underwriting that I did.
1: How much monthly income does it net you in your bank account?
0: It's about $125 to $150 a door right now. And that's factoring in the management fee, escrowing the taxes and insurance. Because when you buy a multifamily, especially a small ones, they don't escrow all that. So at the end of the year you've got to pay fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in taxes. So you gotta make sure you escrow that monthly. Which I see a lot of investors not do that. When they net out cash flow, I was like, Did you net out vacancy rate? Did you net out taxes, insurance, all that stuff? They're like, No. Well, that's <laughs> expenses, buddy.
1: Why do you think the property was still for sale one year after you looked at it? It actually was never for sale. So that's... Oh. Uh
0: (laughs) Did I not say that?
1: Well, I don't think you said it was for sale. I just... Yeah, no. So so
0: I just saw... I've always been a guy that's always kind of looking for a deal. And when I see empty places, I'm like, this is for the taking. Mm -hmm. So I just sent the person a letter. I've gotten... My best deals from dealing straight with owners from sending them letters. Instead of doing like a massive 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 flyers, I kind of bird dogging, I guess you'd call it. Sure. Yeah, and look for places that are empty and then send them out letters.
1: What did that letter say that you sent to the gentleman who had the 8-unit that then grew to a 20-unit portfolio that you purchased?
0: I do basic letters. I remember wholesalers back in the day in Maryland used to send out those, what do they call those? Yellow letter. Yep. Real basic. My name is Carlos Gutierrez. I own CG4 Properties. I would like to purchase your property at 123 Smith Street. Can buy it in cash in 30 days or less. Call me at this number. I don't even put an email because most of these people don't do email.
1: So Skippy called you and says, oh, great. Buy my place for cash 30 days but then you ended up financing it. So how did that conversation go?
0: So I told him, I said, listen, Skippy, usually I buy properties in cash, but this property not only has significant amount of construction, so I need to keep that capital that I was going to pay you cash for and try to finance it. I'm going to try to finance it, and then with the capital that I was going to pay you, the straight cash for the property, I'm going to need it for the construction. And he was actually really nice to deal with and open. And and he knew that to have 20 units and have a 30% occupancy, and he had a mortgage on it. It's not like one of those guys that has owned a property for 30, 40 years that it doesn't matter if it's 40% occupancy, they're still making money.
1: What was the main challenge you had turning the property around after you closed on it?
0: The hardest challenge was actually get contractors to work. So, Again, Charleston has been an area where there's been so much new construction and so many people moving in that they actually have a shortage in in blue collar type of contractors. So like roofer, I had to call like four roofers to do a roof on this property because all the roofers were doing new construction. Mm. So they're not going to leave new construction where they could do two or three roofs a day to come do my roof. Based
1: on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: You know, in the short time that I've been doing this, I'd say a couple of things. I'd say, as cliche as it sounds, finding your big why. Your big why, I always say, the fun times when you actually make money or when when everything's going fine, your big why is not that big of a deal. But when you have a fire at your property or when a tenant's calling you in the middle of the night and there's a toilet backed up or something you've got to have that big why of looking past tomorrow or next year. You just got to know why you're doing it. If it's just for the money, like people always say, you're just going to get tired. It's just going to mentally drain you. So your big why, I think you've got to have that. And the other advice I would say is build relationships with people and always go into the transaction or relationship with a win-win attitude. Again, as cliche as that sounds and I'm sure people have written them in books. It's the truth. Most of the time that I've gotten the best deals through contractors or through people that send me deals or relationships that I've built over time, that they, one, trust me, and two, it's always kind of be a win-win deal when we do a deal or a transaction.
1: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: Yes, I am.
1: All right. Well, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com. Best ever book you've recently read?
0: Other than your book.
1: <laughs> Which one?
0: I actually the have it right here. One? The syndication book, yeah. So I've been trying to get into syndication for like the last two years. And I find your book to be actually very informative and very easy to read. There's a lot of books out there that have a lot of information, but they're difficult to read. Yeah. When I say difficult, I mean boring. It <laughs> 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 puts you to sleep.
1: I'm a very simple-minded person, so it's easy for me to...
0: <laughs> myself. I, I call myself the Forrest Gump of, uh, <laughs> of Charleston.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's the best ever deal you've done that you haven't talked about during this conversation?
0: Okay. I'd have to go to single family clips. I've got uh, probably the most money I've ever made on the deal. And the reason why it's my best deal is because one, I made the most money and two, it was like the happiest buyer that I've ever seen in my life. And she had struggled for a long time. Husband left her with two kids. He was the breadwinner. She was down and out. And this was in Culpeper, Virginia. And I bought the property through HUD and got a real good deal because it was back in like 2013. So they were pretty much giving you houses back then. 2012, 2013, made the most money, but also I felt really, really good because I sold her the property and left her with some good equity, meaning that I didn't sell it to her at top retail. And two, she was able to move into a home and, and have a good future for her and her kids. And I was able to get her a good loan and she really didn't have to come out of pocket too much. So not only did I make a lot of money, it felt good to help somebody else.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: Stake I've made on a transaction definitely has to be, I guess I'm an old school guy and I used to go a lot on people's word. Unfortunately, real estate, you cannot do that. And I went on somebody's word and it came back to bite me in the butt. <laughs> Monetarily ever- as well.
1: <laughs> oh, literally? It-
0: like literally no, it cost means- me. Yeah, li- literally. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. Something didn't literally bite me, but losing money felt like it. Sure, like of a course. Me in the butt.
1: Best ever way you like to give back.
0: What we've done lately, uh, and I say lately, back in uh, right 2014, 2013, when a big hurricane or, or storm would ravage either a country or, or a state, we would partner up with uh, local. Nonprofits and and even collected food and, and supplies and stuff like we collected a lot of supplies for when the storm hit New Jersey and when the storm hit West Virginia through Keller Williams we were able to raise a lot of funds and collect a lot of items and also in, in Puerto Rico I'm originally from Puerto Rico so this one kind of hit close to home we collected over right 2,500 pounds worth of food and water and all that stuff so We sent probably three or four pallets to Puerto Rico from Charleston.
1: Best way the best ever listeners can get in touch with
0: you? Best way is probably email or a phone number. CG4Properties at gmail.com or you can call our offices at 843-934-4250. Myself or my wife, Christina, will answer.
1: Carlos, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for talking about your deal with Skippy and how that's netted you now $30,000 a year in income. I mean, now that the dust has settled, you don't have any money in the deal. You own it 100% and you make $30,000 as a result of it. And it sounds like you didn't put any money in the deal initially because you partnered with a private equity partner who then got bought out. So. Here's a case study right here. How do you replace your $30,000 job income if you got $30,000? Well, do one deal, and here's exactly the step-by-step process for how to do it. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, Joe. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it.
1: The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.